Welcome to chapel this day, and a special welcome to all first responders from the greater St. Louis area, as we recognize your service in our midst and on our behalf, and a special welcome also to Mayor Sanger of the city of Clayton. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Merciful Father, we commend to your keeping all who work to bring rescue and relief, especially the first responders in the greater St. Louis community. Give them courage in danger, skill in difficulty, and compassion in service. Sustain them with bodily strength and calmness of mind, that they may perform their work to the well-being of those in need, so that lives may be saved and communities restored. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Our reading for this morning comes from Joshua, the first chapter, instead of Joel, the first chapter, as printed in your bulletin. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses." from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, you will for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. And this is our text. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
I have been, and I pretty much assume I will always be a morning person. I'm one of those people that actually wakes up, and for the most part, even before my feet hit the ground, I'm, I'm ready. I have the energy, I'm alert, I'm all these things that make night owls cringe. I once remember a cartoon, a cartoon that has four frames and the first three are pretty, pretty nice. It shows this woman all snuggled up in her bed with this, this content smile on her face. You can see that her eyes are open and she's just nestled there in her pillow, wrapped up in that comforter. The second frame, oh, she's still there. Just that beautiful, peaceful smile painted on her face. The third frame, exact same thing. And then you get to the fourth frame and the conversation bubble says, I just love those first few moments before reality kicks in. On Saturday mornings, when I don't have to necessarily be anywhere, sometimes I can linger a bit and, and enjoy those few moments, those, those very peaceful moments, and relate to what that person in the cartoon must have been feeling. And that was the case on September 11th, 2001. I woke up and it seemed like any other day, and actually it seemed like a great day because those of us who don't like summer were enjoying the fact that there was a nice cooler breeze now coming through Long Island. There was barely a cloud in the sky, or as some people say, just enough clouds for decoration. I was about those things that I would do any Tuesday morning as I would anticipate being ready for our Bible study on Wednesday night, and then I got the news. The news that helps many of us who are at least of a certain age to remember the exact place we were when we heard and what it was like to stand before the television and see when that second plane careened around and went into the other tower, and we knew that we were not looking at a, an accident or something, but somebody intentionally was doing something so incredibly evil. 14 years now, we've been trying to process what happened on that day. After calling my supervisor and getting permission, is this a day that we stay out of the way or should I go? And he said I should go. I got into my car and I went on the Long Island Expressway anticipating that I'm going to try my best to get into Manhattan that day, and I did but I only could make it so far because I didn't have flashing lights and I'd already broken the law by not following 500 feet behind emergency vehicles, but just going as fast as I could. I got off the expressway and parked my car and then went down to the expressway and the same construction workers who had motioned that I leave now invited me back and even stopped. Stopped the next large SUV and I opened the door and got in with a, an FBI agent who was on her way in. And we were riding, we were riding along at a great rate of speed and we were coming up on this, on this rise in the highway that goes over the rail yards and you can look all the way down Manhattan and see the towers with that acrid smoke just billowing out from there in a, a, a surreal way. And I watched as the South Tower collapsed. 
the FBI agent looked at me and she said, Father, I don't know what it is exactly that I am to do today or what you will do, but we need to get there. How did things change for Joshua in our text this morning? Did he know ahead of time that something was happening? Did he know there was this ominous feeling that on this day God was going to come to him? Declare to him that Moses, my servant, is dead, the one who had been leading for so many years, and now you, Joshua, and these people go into the promised land. Finally, cross over the Jordan and go there. I don't think it's a stretch to figure out that he was not handling this as an everyday occurrence any more than we handled what happened on September 11th, like just another Tuesday in September. Rather, three times God told Joshua to be strong and to be courageous. And that would seem to be the very essence of this text. If God said it three times in nine verses, then that's our takeaway from this. But no, instead, at the end of what God said to Joshua, he said, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. My mouth had gone completely dry and we raced through the Midtown Tunnel and went down Second Avenue and stopped at Worth Avenue, which is just blocks away from the, by one police plaza and just another few blocks away from our Chinese mission, True Light Lutheran Church. And I walked over to the corner of Church and Chambers Street with the North Tower still ablaze four blocks away. And I consoled the people that were around me, people that wanted so very desperately to get into the site and find those people that they loved, to find the people with whom they worked, their family members, the people they knew were there in the midst of this inferno. After a few moments, it happened. We could hear, we could hear something. And then for a few brief moments, all anybody really wanted to do was say, no, no, don't let the North Tower fall as well. Don't let this death and destruction continue in this place. But soon the debris cloud came whisking around the buildings and there was nothing left for us to do but run. Why? It didn't matter. It just came. And I remember bending down my head and putting my hand into a handkerchief and feeling the debris gently hit my back, sensing that this could be it. What's going to happen next? We sometimes, or at least I have looked at Scripture and looked at the way the disciples responded to words of Jesus and say, don't they get it? That Jesus has made these promises and all this is happening according to his plan, but they just seem so clueless because they didn't know how the story ended, nor did any of us on September 11 know what was yet to come. After I brought up my head and looked, it was time to do something, but I didn't know what it was except for to walk over to Westside Drive where the firefighters were being deployed. Firefighters, EMT, police officers, everybody to go see had anyone made it. It was something out of an absolutely horrible film to walk past airplane parts and building debris and other things that reminded me and everyone that walked that path to know this was not good. 
But I got over to Westside Drive, and there they were, by the hundreds, men and women in uniform parading in to see what good they could do. But being one of the first people to arrive at that spot, I saw this ghostly figure coming toward me. And even at the age of 40, you can still have heroes. And I could see that the silhouette coming toward me was a firefighter. And I was trying to think, what is it that I should do now? Because there were no other chaplains there. There wasn't anybody in that exact place at that time. So when he walked toward me and fell into my arms and started to sob, all I could tell him was that God was with us. And not knowing what was going to happen the rest of that day to offer him any sense of peace, peace that wasn't going to make it all go away or be better, but to give him some assurance. And another firefighter. And another. Eventually, more people wanted to be blessed, so I had an oil stock in my pocket, and I took it out, and I stood on the curb. And one after another, they got in line. And I would ask them their name, and they would tell me, and then I would anoint them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I would put my hands on their head or on their shoulders and say, may God's holy angels be with you as you serve him today. It didn't seem to be enough, but it's what God offered to Joshua. It's what God offered to me, and that's what I wanted to offer them. And then they moved over to their right, and they took a Sharpie. And they took off their turnout gear, they took off their jackets, and they wrote their name or their social security number or their cell phone number of a family member so that if any more horrible things happened that day, maybe, just maybe, they could be identified. That night when they told us to go home because they were bringing in other people from outside of New York and we should be back with our, with our people. I got onto the train that night and normally it would have been filled with a lot of people at 10 o'clock, but there was only two of us on that train. I looked down at him and he looked at me and he said, Father, where were you? I said on the corner of church and chambers. And how about you? 16th floor of the North Tower. Two men, very different experiences, but we were hoping to make it home yet that night. I stayed away for about a month as we ministered, but then it was time to go back. They asked us to come back. They asked us to come back and offer hope and mercy to those who are still recovering the remains of those who were murdered that day by terrorists. First, I was at the Respite South, which was an area to help firefighters and construction workers and others. And then from the beginning of November through the 2nd of June, I worked at the on-site morgue. We would go down into the pit when they had found a body and bring them out. And one day was especially unique in that on January 1st, they had built this ramp so the public could go and look into the pit. It made no sense whatsoever to us why anybody would want to see what we saw every time we came there and went behind the barricade and worked with our brothers and sisters to make something better happen. 
So we chose to form this human barrier around the remains that we were to recover so that there'd be some semblance of dignity. And how can there be any dignity when you look at the face of death there before you, you know there is nothing good about what has happened. But let's bring honor to Michael, to Peter, to Joseph and all the others that we brought out from various firehouses in Manhattan and Brooklyn. And then June 2nd came, and the pillar had already been brought out a couple of days before, and the site was closed. And ministry kept on going on, and those things that we were blessed to do, we were continue, able to continue to serve. And that's why. Why would we have a day on the 25th of September, 2015, invite you to come? To hear stories of one who has experienced some of that which you have seen? Is it important for us to get together from time to time to remember that there's many people doing the same thing, serving the greater good, and having been blessed are able to serve and also know that it's a blessing to serve? No, I think you're here today because it's our only way of expressing thank you. I can't make it better. I can't help you unsee the things that you have seen. I can't take away those memories that are triggered when you smell something again. I can't take away those moments when in your time of service have demanded so incredible much, incredibly much of you that when you step away, it never really goes away, but it stays. It's hard when you go to sleep at night and then you get up in the morning and it's still there. Sometimes it's hard to even get to sleep because it's there so strongly you can't calm your own mind. And you learned about things like PTSD and post-traumatic stress disorder isn't the only thing, but it's one of the things and it stays, and it stays. You're invited here today not so that we can three times say, be strong and be courageous. While that is my hope and that is certainly my wish, it's only because we have the backup, that which supports and grounds and gives the hope that the Lord God Almighty, who said to Joshua, be strong and courageous, but remember, the Lord God goes with you wherever you go. I wish that was some magic formula that would just wipe away and cause it all to be at peace. But that's why we say it again and again and again, praying that God, the Holy Spirit, works in each of our hearts to bring us peace. To see the work of terrorism and the sin and the evil that is all around us, we can do nothing more than offer hope. Not the hope that I can give, but the one who made us, who redeems us and loves us so much, who would come to you and say, remember, the Lord God goes with you wherever you go. Therefore, I'd like to ask the first responders to please stand.
Now receive God's blessings. May God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may God's holy angels watch over you as you serve him today. Amen. Please sit. You're invited to stand. Let us pray. O God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth, have mercy upon us. O God, the Son, redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. O God, the Holy Spirit, sanctifier of the baptized, have mercy upon us. O holy, blessed, and glorious Trinity, one God, have mercy upon us. Hear our prayers, O Christ our God. Hear us, O Christ. For men and women who have given their strength, their wisdom, and their lives for this country, we thank you, Lord. For all firefighters, police officers, first responders, and all those who were injured or died so that others might be rescued, cared for, and protected. We thank you, Lord. 
for the brave and courageous, especially the sainted pastor Todd McMurray, graduate of this seminary, who served as a first responder before becoming a pastor, all those who were patient in suffering, faithful in adversity, and selfless in sacrifice. We thank you, Lord. For those who serve in this St. Louis region, especially those here today, who saw the need in their community, who looked in the mirror and said, I can't do everything, but I can do something. We thank you, Lord. For those who signed up for training, studied countless hours, sweated through exams and waited for the results, showed up for drills, took on the responsibility to respond when neighbors, friends, or even a stranger passing through needed someone to help. We thank you, Lord, for those who grabbed their gear and went to the building, to the scene, who set aside their comfort and their plans that someone else might have life or hope or comfort. We thank you, Lord, for those who serve around and among us, who exemplify for us and for the next generation the values of courage and service and commitment, who do not seek or wish recognition, but who quietly and faithfully persevere each day to make our community stronger. We thank you, Lord, for all who work for unity, peace, conquered, and the freedom of all people. We thank you, Lord, for all who participate in, inter in interfaith dialogue, relationships, and reconciliation. We thank you, Lord, for all that is gracious in the lives of men and women revealing the image of Christ. We thank you, Lord. When we are hopeless and sad, O Christ, lead us home. When we are angry and vengeful, O Christ, lead us home. When tears become our only food, O Christ, lead us home. When we grieve and despair, O Christ, lead us home. When we are fearful and faithless, O Christ, lead us home. For all who grieve the death of family, friends, and fellow citizens, remember them in your mercy, nourish them with patience, comfort them with a sense of your goodness, Lift up your countenance upon them and give them peace. Arise, O Christ, and help us. For all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, that they may be comforted, healed, and given courage and hope. Arise, O Christ, and help us. For the victims and the perpetrators of terror, war, and violence throughout the world. Arise, O Christ, and help us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. O Lord, hear our prayer. Let our cry come to you. Blessed are you, Lord God of mercy, who through your Son gave us a marvelous example of charity and the great commandment of love for one another. Send down your blessings on these, your servants, and all first responders, who so generously devote themselves to helping others. Grant them courage when they are afraid, wisdom when they must make quick decisions, strength when they are weary, and compassion in all their work. 
When the alarm sounds and they are called to aid both friend and stranger, let them faithfully serve you in their neighbor. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. On behalf of Concordia Seminary, its faculty, staff, students, and Board of Regents, it is my pleasure to welcome you this morning, especially you who are first responders. I am humbled, and I think we are all humbled by what you do. And we thank you, not as we ought, but as we are able. Now, Concordia Seminary is an institution of the church, but it's not only people of the church whom God loves. On this campus, we learn that God loves all people. There is no one who is exempt from his love. And first responders are one of the ways by which the love of God is taken to people. We thank you. We thank you. Thank those who prepared this service, uh, Dean Burrison and Seminary Endure, Aaron Bodie and the Aaron Bodie Group, thank you. And my dear friend, Pastor Reedy, thank you. Sincerely, we are humbled. Concordia Seminary became part of this community in the year 1920 when this property was purchased for the building of this campus. And as the years have gone by, we realize more and more what a privilege it is to be in the Clayton community and its surrounding communities. God shows his love for us through the government of our communities, through the first responders, through all of those who take such good care of us on this campus. We have been privileged during my years as president to have a fine working relationship with the city of Clayton, and we have a smile on our face every time we are able to see the mayor of Clayton, Mr. Harold Sanger, whom I invite now to make a few remarks. Mayor Sanger, thank you for coming. Good morning. Good morning. 
I have a personal goal of trying to learn something new every day, and this morning I've already learned not to follow an inspirational speaker like Pastor Reedy. <laughs> Always makes it tough on, on everybody else. So about a month ago, I got the invitation to come and, and speak with you, and, and I immediately responded to the positive because uh, you guys are special. You're special not only to our community, but to the region. But then I thought to myself, well, what, what am I going to say? What am I going to say to these people who are everyday heroes? I had to think about it for a while. And I decided not to talk about the fact that they are everyday heroes and, and, and that they are the most amazing people uh, that, that we know. First of all, they are living a dream because most young men and girls again today dream about what they can be when they grow up. How many people live what they've dreamt about? Well, certainly those people who service us as first responders. Many, I am sure, when they were little kids wanted to be a policeman or a fireman. So that is an amazing thing for you to do to begin with. The other amazing thing is what you do when you leave your house every morning. When you kiss your spouse goodbye and you go off to, to what the day brings you, you have no idea. Was it a call from someone who meant to call 991 and they called 911 by mistake? It happens, it's a mistake, and it's easily resolved. Is it the call, though, from an in, intoxicated or impaired person with a gun? A totally different story. Is it a hostage situation? Is it a building on fire with people in it? Is it the Pierre Laclede building? God forbid that you have to climb the steps fully packed, as many of you did, I know, in the, in the practice sessions. You never know what's going to come your way every single day, and that is a most amazing thing. But I decided not to talk about that. Instead, I want to tell you about how you are a hero in another different way, in a little bit different way. I have a three-year-old grandson. Every once in a while, he gets to spend the night at Mommy, Mimi and Poppy's house. And the next morning, I'll say, Cooper, what do you want to do today? I, I want to go see the firemen's. You want to go see the firemen's? Do you want to go see the truck, the fire, the sirens, and, and the lights? I mean, yeah, I want to see that, but I want to see the firemen's. And you know, from the mouth of babes, the kids know who is authentic. They, knew, they know who has a good work uh, and moral ethic. And you guys, when you see all these kids that come to the police station or the fire station, yes, they're interested in the things that you show them, but you are already their heroes. And whether you love her or don't love her, Hillary Clinton was right when she said, it takes a village. It takes a village to raise families today. And you guys, you women, you wonderful people who do this job are part of the village. And with all the diversions that there are today that take kids off of different paths, it's fantastic that you are part of what helps to make us our society that we are and to help the kids grow up to be the way they are. And it's not just the young kids. The, the, the uh, first responders in Clayton know that I have a group that we call the Mayor's Youth Advisory Council. 
And this is made up of juniors and seniors from Clayton High School who have an interest in local government, want to know how it works. And in the course of the year, we go through we, lots of things with them. They have projects to do. But we also get them tours of the different facilities and the different departments in Clayton. They see Parks and Rec, they see Public Works, they see our judicial system, they meet with the judge and the prosecutor. But at the end of the year, when we do our review as to how the year went, the most impressive things that they saw were the firemen and the policemen. That will stay with them for a very long time, so I would just like you to recognize that when those kids come through, they are already your heroes, and if you give them the attention and the guidance that we know that you can give them when they come to visit you, they will grow up to be excellent citizens and maybe even a first responder. So for all of you who do these amazing things, I salute you, may God bless you and your families, and may God continue to bless our great country. Thank you for having me. Receive the blessing of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>